episode 488, How to Be the Man the World Needs and the One She Craves, with Destin Garrick. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive. And it is my mission to share you the real stories, the useful stuff, the juicy stuff, and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can get this completely free 45 minute training masterclass on how to land your TEDx talk in 90 days or less without wasting your time on the wrong opportunities. That training is brand new for 2021. You can jump over there, talkaccelerator.com forward slash masterclass. That's talkaccelerator.com. It really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. All links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes at ayalpha.com. Get to the podcast. Okay, enjoy the show. This week is all about the evolved masculine. And this is going to be really focusing on being the man the world needs and the one she craves. So we're going to dive into what exactly does that mean. And we have Destin Garrick on the line. He's a globally recognized leading voice in masculinity, sexuality, and personal empowerment. He's a certified sexologist for the American College of Sexologists International. He's the founder and CEO of Evolved Masculine. And we're going to dig into what that means I'm really raring to get going, so I just want to jump into it. Destin, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? I'm looking forward to seeing and experiencing what that means with you. Awesome. I mean, this, this interview is one of feels like it's been a long time coming. I think I've met you mm-hmm. twice over the period of sort of a year, year and a half. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. so, I'm just glad we've got to do this, but I feel sometimes, you know, we don't need to rush. This is, this is the right time. So yep. what would you like to add or highlight about that brief introduction? Uh, yeah, I've been on this path and uh, teaching, uh, coaching, doing work around uh, men and sexuality and growth for 24 years. Um, so I'm, I'm quite a veteran in that regards. Yeah. I hold a very holistic perspective, mind, body, spirit, integrating both uh, Western and Eastern uh, uh, lineages and perspectives. And uh, yeah, I, I do my work in the world uh, coming from a place of deep mission and purpose. Yeah. I didn't mention actually, because I kind of took it for granted, but The Evolved Masculine, that is a best-selling book as well. So for, again, the, that kind of that tagline, so that, start, that is a best-selling book. And you've it also is. got a podcast, The Evolved Masculine, redefining sex, power, and success. So what's not to like about that? Sex, power, and success. <laughs> We're going to dig into all of that. Um, you touched on briefly, and obviously you've got your introduction there, your origins. Where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? Just- I grew up on Long Island, New York. And I'm currently outside of San Diego, California. I've been in California in different parts, San Francisco, LA, and San Diego for the past uh, almost 20 years. <laughs> the, um, my professional journey in many ways was catalyzed by my high school sweetheart's rape when she was 15, or Whoa. actually on her 15th birthday, uh, like a few months before we met. I ended up being the first person she told. This had a massive impact uh, on her, clearly, but also had a massive impact on me and my development. Um, we ended up being together for three years, and in the midst of that, in a point of 
exasperation from the, the ongoing impact that it was having on her and on our relationship. I kind of made a declaration to do what I could with my life to create a world where things like this didn't happen anymore. Mm. Uh, and that, that was more than 24 years ago. Um, but it also messed me up. It messed me up pretty hardcore initially. I, uh, I really took in this message that uh, men aren't to be trusted and uh, masculinity, especially men's sexuality, are dangerous. Yeah. Now, being a boy on the cusp of manhood, like that had a pretty significant impact on me. I, uh, I've disconnected from these parts of myself, kind of retreated more into my quote-unquote feminine side because it seemed safer, yeah. at least this way. I wouldn't cause harm the way that, that she was harmed. And um, fast forward 10 years later, and my life was a wreck. Nothing was working. <laughs> Seemingly being you know, afraid of and disconnected from my masculinity and from other men doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so in uh this is late 2006 i started to really finally wake up to that and i dedicated 2007 now 13 years ago to be the year that i actively explored my masculinity and what it means to me to be a man in this world and i did a, a really intense deep dive i had no idea how absolutely life transformative it was going to turn out to be but it was and what i originally thought was just my my journey that I had to go on because of my own, you know, messed up history. Yeah. Turn, turns out there are a lot of men of our generation who have a, a lot of confusion around mm. masculinity and, you know, what they're supposed to be as men. And so I started to uh, do more and more of my work with other men and started to hear the, the pains, the frustrations, the struggle that so many men are dealing with that was largely not really talked about in our larger society. Talk to us about the, I just see it in your information, the erotic rock star. <laughs> it says from insecure people please to erotic rock star. We, we, uh, we kind of, you touched on that insecure people please a bit, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. well, well, first of all, I love the way you, you say it with your accent. Uh, <laughs> say it one more time. Erotic rock star. Yeah, I love it. So, <laughs> you, uh, use that as the uh, voiceover for something. You can use the, it, no worries. The, thank you. Okay, okay. Cut, cut. So given my particular history, when I went into that exploration of my masculinity and what it kind of man I wanted to be the big questions in my mind is like what does healthy masculine sexuality look like is there even such a thing it just seems like and since then even more so we get all these media uh hits around like what's what's wrong with male sexuality how it can harm uh, bad example after bad example yeah but, but i was really struggling to find a role model that i could really look to for like yes i want i want that i want to be like that um even in in the quote men's work field of that time it it, it felt like it was the choice was either um like the pickup community which had a lot of uh ethical issues from my perspective yeah. at the time yeah, and it seemed like it was part of the very problem that I was committed to abolishing um, or these types of men's work that felt to me like it was neutered, like the sex was cut out of it. Yeah. So I, uh, I dreamed up this 
alter ego, this persona uh, that I dubbed the erotic rock star. I was deep <laughs> in the Burning Man community at the time in San Francisco. So like playing with costume and character was kind of normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this was my larger than life character. Would you say it's a bit of an awakening moment? I always ask massive. that. Massive. Yeah. Just finding not, that yeah, not, not a bit of massive awakening. Perfect. Moment. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a complete reinvention of self. And in many ways, when I first dreamed him up, he was everything that I didn't think that I was or could be. And then I stepped into him. I, I created a fantasy figure. And what's really trippy is not only did I end up like living out that fa this fantasy, I exceeded any of the uh, things I could have imagined at the time. And what's even trippier than that is I hit a point where I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> and now it's in my rearview mirror. Yeah. Yeah. What well, was once seemed like an, yeah, what well, once seemed like an impossible dream is now like been there, done that. So it was about seven years in, now seven years out. Um, it, I got hit with a bunch of uh, tragedy and challenges. I ended up in a very toxic relationship. Um, I impregnated her kind of intentionally. Uh, she aborted the child. I wanted to keep it. Uh, my wife. I'm sorry, my, my that's trippy. My 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 <laughs> mother. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, my my mother uh, got cancer and then oh. she died. Oh, and I also went to uh, went on like a spiritual pilgrimage to India and um, got very sick, very very sick for a month. And then I came back and uh, six months later, my adrenals like completely crashed on me and I was in like bedridden for a month. All of what I just described happened in one year. Put it all together, I'm like, I think I'm done with this. I, need, uh, like, I can't do this anymore, I need to do something else. And uh, between my mom dying and the abortion, et cetera, my, my internal drive for my own family like shot through the roof. And suddenly it, that need or drive within me became more important than my party lifestyle, than who I can bed next more important than like anything I was really doing at the time. Ah, and, so a part of this erotic rock star was, was there kind of, you said yeah, who I can bed it, next. Was that kind of, you were off and about party boy, like doing. He was, whatever. he was, he was definitely a party guy and he definitely got around. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I just, uh, you know, part of it for me, again, this is 2007. So this is two years after the game came out. Um, Neil Strauss is a game and yep. kind of, it, peak it was kind of peak pickup time culture and yeah. i was having a very strong visceral reaction against this culture but at the same time it was all around me and it seemed to be like the thing that men were glomming onto for like how to feel empowered when it comes to like women and dating and sex and such and so i felt there's got to be a better way and there's there's uh, the kind of the game I was playing with myself at the time was how do I quote unquote beat them at their own game quote unquote ah. is like how I want to I want to prove to a, an anonymous them to the world to myself really that it's possible to be as or more quote successful with women while being aligned with my values mm. while being in integrity while being uh, authentic and honest uh, direct actually like deeply care um i i could and i did well yeah. let's let's i mean obviously i'm sure you yeah. so let's break it down and i'm sure you have yeah. and you done and you know you've obviously got the book so what does that look like in terms of obviously yeah. taking it from 
you experiment and trying things out and like thinking yeah. there is a better way to now like, Hey, these are some of the key points and ways I differ and, yeah. and things that I feel that are done not so well. Yeah. And this is a better way potentially. To totally. I mean, so when the erotic rock star died, as I like to think of it, um, and in the aftermath, I recreated myself once more and like, how the hell do I beat the erotic rock star? How do I one up that? I do not want the best of my life to be behind me. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, ultimately, I ended up uh, creating this notion of the evolved masculine. And um, if the erotic rockster was my personal laboratory, my place of discovery, like that was very me centric. Like, what am I capable of? Yeah. <laughs> and what is really true in this world that seems to be filled with so much noise? Um, the evolved masculine is really about service to others. Um, it was to create an, uh, an idea and a vision that could be taken on and um, aspired to by many. And I really tried to, to pull out the best of everything that I learned uh, as the erotic rock star, plus the things that I could only really see in hindsight. Yeah. The, I, the I, I love like, the concept. And obviously, it's a great, evolved masculine. I love it. I, it really aligns. You know, it's a perfect fit for Awakening Ralph. That's why I'm surprised it's... It's taken us this long to get to this conversation, <laughs> but it's, it's, I knew it was going to happen. Well, you know, you're, you're backed up with everybody wanting to be on your show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But hey, this is, this is awesome stuff. So yeah, almost like you said about the erotic rock stars, your kind of laborator, personal laboratory. What are some of the key things you found? I have an incredible sensitivity about me that when I was young, I was taught that my sensitivity is a curse. It's what's wrong with me. It made me less than, essentially, weaker, et cetera. Mm. In adulthood, especially um, in my erotic rockstar years, I discovered these incredible gifts that my sensitivity has to offer me. And a huge part of what I, I, I learned to do that I break down ways in which even the average man who doesn't necessarily think of himself as having superpowers when it comes to sensitivity could still like really open up here is that it is what can be done with attunement what can be done with really deeply feeling into another person or female lover for example and to really feel like where they where she is in every moment what uh, her micro openings and closures and learn learn to play her like an instrument in that sense uh, <laughs> One of the trainings that I, I teach, one of my digital products is called Erotic Superpowers, ESP. Read, learning to read her body so well, she'll feel like you're reading her mind. And so that, that's an, one element. I mean, that, that's in our understanding women in the feminine section of the book. Um, these elements around sexual attunement and what that means and how to deepen that attunement. Men have a tendency to be stuck in their heads and be very intellectual and in that ends up going into dating and sex as well. I've got to like figure out what to do next. Let me figure out the right lines. Let me figure out like Problem the, the, solving, yeah. The, yeah, the right combination of buttons to press on her body to have an <laughs> orgasm pop out, you know? And this is really flips that on its head. It's really learning about having to, to, to get out of your head, sink more deeply into your body, use your body, train your body to be a fine-tuned instrument so that you're not thinking your way through it, you're feeling your way through it. You can feel what is happening in her body and what it's wanting next and respond to that rather than trying to figure it out. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. 
increase your influence, income, and impact. Get this completely free training masterclass on how to become a TEDx speaker. You can jump over talk X C E L E R A T O R.com forward slash masterclass really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. What do you feel are some of the, the big mistakes mm. to you that are glaringly obvious that when you see it by other men and that they may, they may have the best intentions, but you're just like, Oh, Error. Like, dude, sure. you're not helping yourself. What are some of these things that just, you know, are just stand out for you? Like, oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, one is being stuck in the head. Um, two from there, I'll, I'll say it has to do with what I think of as pacing. That a way that men tend to shoot themselves in the foot is she wants it, whatever that ends up being the kiss, the sex, the date, as much as he does. Only she is unfolding, blossoming, uh, moving forward at a different speed than he is. And so he's not attuned to her. He is so focused on where he's trying to get to that he's not noticing what's going on for her, where she's at. He's just like, oh, she, she wants this too. He picked up on that first, but then he's like, Whoa! and she's like, <laughs> contract. And suddenly she's like, yeah, I got to go. Bye. <laughs> He's like, I don't get it. She seemed like, I mean, quite often that's all it was. It, 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 her speed of movement was slower than yours. And, and by learning to sense where that is, uh, it, may mean, it, it may mean half the speed at which you're moving. It might mean half that speed, half that speed, half that speed. However, it may mean friggin' 10% slower. It may mean 1% slower. Can make all the difference like this energetic flow that's occurring within her, her body and her being that is moving at a certain pace. And you can speed it up. You can slow it down. You can help direct that at all. But you can do that much more smoothly if you can actually tell what is going on for her and where she is at and move accordingly. It's quite a hard thing to pin down. But have you got any kind of a People are listening think, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, that's what I need to do, but I don't know the practical. Is there anything I can yeah. like, pick up on or avoid like little signals she may give, like the, any blatantly obvious ones or things to be like, hey, don't yeah. do this, do this more often yeah. or listen to yeah. these sort of things, ask these questions. Is there any really like yeah. so, practical application? So I can, I can answer and I'll also tell you that I'm, I, I may disappoint you or, or some of the audience with my answer. And this is sometimes my challenge in the quote marketplace is that, I'm a big believer in um, mastery and self-mastery and how these things are not the do this one trick to get her to spread her legs tonight type of perspective. <laughs> it, it, it really is a refinement process that, mm -hmm. that like a, a direction to point yourself in to grow over time and it will just sink into, into greater and greater and greater layers. I laid out the book the way I did very much on purpose. First section is self as creator. Uh, this really will answer your question. Uh, self as creator, which is really about your capacity to create who you are in the world. As you heard, I, I went from people pleaser to reinventing myself and creating myself as the erotic rock star and then did it all over again as a face of the evolved masculine and I kind of lay out the tools that I use and how you can use them to recreate yourself in your own life. 
The second section is on lessons of the evolved masculine. So these are 15 lessons um, that will transform how you relate and think to about your masculinity and your sense of self as a man as you clarify who you want to be now that you get that you can be whoever the hell you want to be. And then we move into... So now that we've addressed like who you are, your power, your confidence, your masculinity, we move into your sexuality, what I call sexual self-mastery. And I bring this in here because I honestly think that this is the foundation for the sexual attunement part. You need to get right in here, in yourself, in your connection to yourself. Learn to, to be able to get out of your head. It's not that clearly your intellect is valuable. Look at us, all that it has done for you. But chances are it's also like shooting yourself in the foot. It's, it's inhibiting you in ways. Um, helping you sink deeper into your body so that you can uh, form a different connection with your own sexuality. I argue that almost everything that we've learned about male sexuality is wrong and limiting and that there's so much more available to us to experience in our own bodies and then able to bring to a lover uh, than what we've been told. So as you get attuned to your instrument of your own body, when you can feel subtleties of what's going on here in your body, starting first and foremost with deepening your presence, I mean, getting out of your head, sinking into your five senses, which, you know, you use the phrase alpha, which you know has a very like primal roots to it. Being in your body and in your five senses is a primal experience. You know, I don't have to remind my dog to stop thinking too much. You know? <laughs> his dog's like in his body, it's in his his senses. So, and when you're deeper into that present moment, that's the place where true intimacy and deeper passion can really flow from. And that's really the only place that you can really sense these subtleties that are going on for her in her body, which moves into the fourth major and final major section of understanding women and the feminine. This is like, you know, again, like men are confused as all hell about like women today. Uh, women seem to, they're, they don't fit into the models that are still kind of around yeah. from our parents or grandparents generation, but at the same time, they're not quite working. And, you know, we're trying to figure out what to do with that. And I, I place a strong argument that, uh, that there's incredible opportunity for us as men with these major changes and empowerment of women that, that is occurring. And that doesn't need to be about us losing anything, but rather these incredible, yeah, these incredible opportunities that open up to us, this challenge to us of, uh, to rise into a new level of what we're capable of being as men. We, right at the start, we mentioned sort of a lot of the stuff in the media about the uh, the negative sides of masculine sexuality. I mean, yeah. so if someone's listening to this and they're liking what they hear, but they they have got some bad habits, whether it's I don't know, sure. going out sleeping around, but they're not happy and it's not serving them, and they you know they don't respect themselves for it, or yeah. you know, porn addictions or anything sure. that's uh, you know unhealthy. Yeah, uh, I know it's a spectrum. So I mean, what are your do you have any thoughts or advice for someone who wants to sort of crack on and evolve like you're talking about yeah. but they've got these things that ultimately are really um, holding them back even if they're doing the good work they're just doing some bad more bad bad work as it were totally first of all reach out um happy to be of help and support <laughs> the book's great too uh i i know that we we tend to want to start external start with like okay so what do i do differently when i'm engaging with a woman or like you know with this thing out there and the the truth is though like that ends up being like a band-aid mm. the when you have 
those types of quote bad habits, the root is here. It's, it's in you. Yeah. And it's that relationship that needs to be attended to first and foremost. And so, you know, some of this may sound a little cliche or a little like, oh, I don't know about that, but like, it really comes down to like, how do you relate to self-love really? What's your level of self-acceptance? I mean, like real self-acceptance, like including those parts of you that you judge most harshly. Well, talking about, yeah, judging harshly, I mean, as a certified sexologist as well, yeah. is there certain things that you have been taught or you're aware of that, that you feel are, are unhealthy in, this, in a sexual sense and are healthy that maybe differ from like society's kind of standards where they say, mm -hmm. oh, you shouldn't do that or you should do more of this. And you're like, well, actually, you know, that's not unhealthy or not as unhealthy as the media points out. Or it's, you know, is there anything like that that's maybe yeah. well, out for you? <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> with all of these things, I think it's less about the thing and more about your relationship to the thing. Yeah. So you can have, uh, you can be highly promiscuous and do so in a way that I think can be relatively or pretty healthy for you and everybody involved. You can be highly promiscuous in a way that's damaging to yourself or others. You can uh, be completely celibate in a way that's actually super healthy and empowering you could be celibate in a way that's about like castrating yourself cutting off and you know yeah. due to self-hatred to burst yeah yeah you know i mean you can i i believe that's possible to have a healthy relationship to porn and i'll say that most of us have unhealthy relationships to porn um, myself included. I've had to do some massive work around my relationship to porn. I've got a whole chapter on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got to, got to check out this. This is a juicy book. I think we've done a good job. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very juicy book. As we're talking about books and uh, we're just going to roll into the alpha round, outside yeah. of your own book, what was a personally very impactful book for you um, or just an all-time favorite book? Is there anything you could recommend? I really liked Stealing Fire. Um, are you familiar with it? I am. Is, oh, is, is, that's not by Stephen Pressfield, is it? No. No, uh, Stephen Cotler. And, oh, I was a Stephen. Close. <laughs> uh, yeah. I haven't read it, but I've, I've heard and it. Ja it Jamie Wheel, I think his name is. Um, it, it's fantastic. Uh, they, I mean, he, they, they cross-reference stories with Navy SEALs, with Burning Man community, with like meditating monks and all these like extremes of human experience that generally generally have nothing to do with one another. Mm -hmm. And he really sought out, uh, or they really sought out like the, the commonality between them of, uh, of seeking other states of consciousness, of uh, like tapping into a state of flow as they, they speak of it, that's uh, available to us in which we can perform in whatever context uh, so much higher then you know is normal or typical excellent awesome. book and is there a particular favorite quote that really kind of sums up your approach to life uh, i don't know if you're a quote man but is there anything that really kind of hits on yeah it? i actually pulled a couple quotes for myself in my book um which yeah i have lots of quotes from from people in here but i pulled like two from for me i'm going to share two quick and then, then i know we gotta go uh this one had a big impact on me, might be 10 years ago, uh, probably the start of my erotic rock star. It's a, matter, oh, it's a matter of switching gears, never looking back, and be the person today that you've always dreamed you'd be. 
entertain every thought, say every word, and make every decision from their point of view. But since that person is who you really are, just stop being who you aren't. Mike Dooley, Notes from the Universe. Um, so that, uh, to be honest, that's an abbreviation of the quote due to copyright issues. Um, <laughs> the, the full quote's even, even better for me. It was really an indication of my power to be something other than who I thought that I was. Um, and then the other one, every thought you think, every word you speak, every action you take is another brushstroke on the masterpiece that is your life. So be very aware. Like, this is what presence and consciousness really is and means that, yes, we are creatures of habit, but we are all also creative beings. We and conscious beings. We, it's so easy to fall into this is just how I do things. This is just who I am. But we are, we're infinite beings. We have the capacity to do or be anything. And when we bring consciousness to this present moment, even if we've always done A in that moment, we can interrupt it and choose B. And by training yourself to bring that hyper attention uh, to your choices that you are making, you can create a different life you can create a different you. You can create a you that's more in line with who you know underneath and inside you are truly here to be. Uh, having gone through the bulk of the interview now as well, yep. from your network, who do you mm -hmm. think would really kind of fit the Awaken Your Alpha show and be a great, great addition to the uh, podcast? Mm, that's a great question. Um, Justin Patrick Pierce. Do you know him? No. Excellent, man. Uh, first of all, uh, he, he plays with these notions of alpha and omega energies, um, which I think you'd probably really enjoy uh, speaking yeah. about. He comes from the David Data lineage. Okay. Uh, if okay. you're familiar with David Data, yeah. he's one of David Data's major pro protégés. Yeah, he's in LA, a very good looking man as well. <laughs> um, uh, not like kind of strikingly so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's uh, excellent energy and so just dive very deep into, uh, uh, well, into David Data's work and lineage and really pushed all the edges of possibility uh, rooted in those Ooh, teachings. That's a great recommendations. I'm happy to do an intro. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. And if people want to continue the conversation, what's the best way to connect with you and do so? Uh, easiest is probably evolvedmasculine.com. I'm also very active on Instagram and Facebook. Perfect. At Evolved well, Masculine. <laughs> Destin, we've put all them in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, likewise. Really a pleasure, Adam. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence income and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com forward slash masterclass and you can get this completely free training masterclass on how to become a TEDx speaker and thought leader without desperately chasing and wasting your time on the wrong opportunities really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. All right, have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.